and welcome back to Apex City, uh, where there is a giant golden city floating inverted in the sky above Infernus Tower. And from the city comes not so much a proclamation as a message. And it's not something that you hear, it is something that you feel in your bones, Darren, in your chlorophyll, Jackie, in your bare heart. You feel this. It trembles through every cell of you. And it goes like this. Citizens, friends, subjects, rejoice this day, for you are to become one with my overlord, the pecunious, the parsimonious, the profuse, Prospero Gaunt. I am Patalus, and my coming heralds the salvation of your world. Rejoice, take heart, your subsummation begins anon. On the cover, the Infernus Tower stretches towards the heavens. Above it floats the immaculate inverted city of Prospero Gaunt. At the tower's gates stands a beauteous creature, ten feet tall and flanked by kneeling demons. Draped in gilded robes, arms stretched upwards in supplication obscuring their face, but not the golden petals which stretch like the rays of a sunflower in all directions from their head. Issue 53, The Herald and the Golden City. that happens there is kind of a stillness that ripples throughout the city and i want to get to the uh medical facility at apex city university where jackie and darren uh have just reunited and where debbie diabolus is hooked up to a bunch of machines uh and at the end of that message debbie flatlines no no. So, Jeremy, no. So, so here's the question. Here's the question. Jackie, Darren, what do you do? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Darren is going to um rush in to the table and start uh trying to like get her heart start like pressing on her chest trying to get her heart to keep going. Okay. Uh, and she will uh, be crying and yelling. Uh, so I would like to direct you towards a particular move that you have access to right now. And one of the things you could try and do with it, should you so choose. Because we can do this a couple of different ways. We can, we can if you would like, uh, roll this as a defense emblem. We could, on the other hand, roll this as a custom move called Direct the Green Control Gem. Because one of the things on that is to reconstruct the bodies of the living. All right, I'm going to try to direct the green control gem. So as you are uh, trying to bring Debbie back, that gem that is embedded in you just blazes. Uh, go ahead and roll it. Okay. I rolled a 12. Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. Now on a 10 plus, you have a, a list of choices. On a 10 plus, you can either pick two of those or you can resist marking that track further. So what do you want to do? 
I'm going to do one, reconstruct the bodies of the living, an ally clears a condition. Okay. Uh, so so both of those things do happen. Uh, I assume you are reconstructing Debbie's body. Yes. And your ally here is technically Jackie. So Jackie, if you want to, uh, to clear a condition uh, as this wave of just straight up like life energy sort of washes over you, you can do that. Yeah, why not? I'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. I'll Go for it. it. How can I remain angry right now? Like right as as the beautiful nature of this uh, unfolds. So so yeah, this is the first time you've actually tried to use this thing uh, intentionally, and I, I would like you to tell us what that looks like uh, on the page. The gem is on my chest, correct? Yeah. It is embedded okay. square center. It's embedded in the center. Okay, we're going to see a whole bunch of roots, like, digging their way into my skin and crawling up my uh, shoulders and on my neck and down my arms. And my mouth will open and you'll see, like, green and yellow light pouring out. And it's going to be pouring over her face, over Debbie's face and down her body. And my eyes will all be glowing uh, yellow and green. Debbie's monitor starts beeping softly again. Uh, she she is still unconscious, but it's a much more stable rhythm than it was previously. Okay. Jackie, how's it going? That that just happened. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, this is some stuff that I'm not prepared to deal with. <laughs> There's a lot of magic <laughs> shit going on. This is Giant not pillars of fire, magic. people disappearing into flames, the dead raising energy. Uh, like, you know, yeah, there there is a lot going on right now. I imagine you just get, we just get a few panels of, of Jackie just sort of like looking at Bahat and shrugging. Bahat kind of looks back at you and then just like sort of nods and walks over uh, towards his desk. And last time you were in here, uh, he gave you this little like nanotech pill to sort of like remove your track. And he digs around in his drawers uh, for a second. I think what he comes back with is a little, a little, um, a little collar with a little speaker on the front. And just very, very quietly hands it over towards you. Yeah, I'll go ahead and put it on. And uh, he he moves over to calibrate it a little bit. Um, and congratulations, you have a voice box. What do you sound like? Do you have an accent? <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Oh no. Please. Please have I mean, a southern draw. Texan. You're Texan. Boy howdy, that was unusual. Oh god, yes. Yes, that's too terrible to not go with. Jackie is, of course, mortified, but... And he kind of looks over at you. I can adjust that. It was for a Halloween party. <laughs> well, butter my biscuit. <laughs> when the world isn't ending, I'll take care of that. I'm so happy. Thank you so much. We gotta cut the tension of Debbie almost dying here. Yeah, absolutely. And that's an excellent way to do that. I think butter my biscuits is a good cut point there. Um, okay. Let's let's cut from that, uh, because we can't let tension drop too much, back to the Infernus Tower. So yeah, Piro, uh, the Infernus Tower is now a giant pillar of gold. These, these demons are just kneeling on the ground in front of it. And you can see there's this long, um, like, almost elevator kind of cylinder that runs down the front of the tower. Uh, and there is a glowing dot... Uh, in the center of that, that is swiftly descending towards the front. You get the sense uh, that these uh, fiery, fiery demons that had been trying to clean house are now waiting for whatever's coming down that that column. You've probably got a minute. 
Ruby is unconscious. Columpiro is still up. Your moat uh, is still holding. Me, okay, let me ask you a question. Am I alone, technically? You do have a clone Piro, but I think that still counts as alone, yes. Okay, okay, yeah, all right. Um, so I don't want to be alone. So I would like to uh, mark my doom track to appear in a scene with anyone by using Portal. Because I really don't want to be alone. Especially with whatever uh, that is. That's fair. Um, so I think I want to go to my friends, but I don't know if I can do that if I don't know where they are. It, you, that, that's up to you. As written, yes, you absolutely can. You mark the doom track, you do the thing. Um, now the question here is, are you leaving Ruby? Yeah, that's, so I don't know, am I allowed to take another person? I don't think I've ever done that with a portal before. Well, if you've never done that with a portal before, it's time to unleash your powers. Okay, alright. Or you could just leave her and mark the doom track, up to you. Uh, no, because she really, she really helped me out of a jam. You know, she was really like, I'll bop some heads for you. So okay. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta help her out. Okay, so go ahead and unleash those powers. That's a three, that's a five. And I am not helpless. So I have a seven. Uh, on a hit, you do the thing. You yeah. are going to get out of here with Ruby. Wait, it was a three and a five. So that's eight plus two. Oh, I got a ten. Fantastic. You do the thing. So I do have a question for you, though. Because you just said you wanted to go to your friends. Which friend? Oh. I eh? guess? Eh? Yeah? I, 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 okay, so you're all pointing, but I'm on my phone, and I can only see, like, half of your faces. So I have no clue who you're pointing at. Uh, I guess I'll go see my good friend William and just kind of yell at him for not helping yeah. me for once. Hell yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> I was hoping you would say that. Okay. Literally hell yeah. <laughs> uh, in which case. So William. Oh yeah. You, you burned your moment of truth uh, to absorb a demon uh, into yourself and then grab your, your grandpa and essentially go talk to the management. We panel on William and Balthazar standing in what can accurately be described as a golden throne room. It is not what you would expect of hell. First off, it's quite pleasant, actually. Oh. A cool, a cool like, 70-ish degrees. I always knew it would be. Beautiful. There is light flute music drifting through the air. There is the smell of flowers in bloom. It's honestly beautiful. There is a long room with colonnades up to a ceiling that you can't see. It's just too tall. And on a similar scale, at the end of this long procession, there is a throne that is probably the size of the Infernus Tower. It is huge. And on that is what would at first glance appear to be a golden statue. And as you draw closer, you can see that it is slowly shifting subtly as you approach. And it's not made of solid gold. It is layered coins of all denominations, many of which you don't recognize, but all gold. Dope. The face of this is above uh, your line of sight, and you keep trying to crane back to see it, and you never can quite make it out. But you do see hands the size of buildings resting on armrests that 
could probably hold back a river. Balthazar is kind of beside you with this look on his face like, well, shit. And he kind of looks over at you. Hope you're as smart as you think you are, kid. Oh, I... <laughs> so, uh, I, I stretch... I can see up, and I can't see the top of whatever this is. It, do I... Is this... Do I see a sky? Or is that, are we in a room? You get... Again, you are in probably a room, but you cannot see the ceiling. It stretches up farther than you can see. Just into blackness. Yeah. Just, just into the void. Huh. And I will say so... it's a weird feeling because you can feel a tug both down towards the floor, but much softer, you can feel a tug upwards. Two gravity pulls? Yeah. Gravity is pulling you in two directions. Most, most strongly downwards towards the floor, but a little bit up as well. Did I hear the the voice you mentioned earlier? Oh yeah, you you felt that in your bones. Okay, so I theoretically know the name of who I am talking speaking to. If you had to guess, this would probably be the Overlord, the Pecunius, the Parsimonious, the Profuse Prospero Gaunt. Could you say that name one more time, please? Uh, the Pecunius, the Parsimonious, the Profuse Prospero Gaunt. Prospero Gaunt. So. I, uh, step forward. You broke your deal with me. You get a feeling, um, because again, you don't hear anything, but you, you get this feeling of inquisitiveness that washes through you. Gaunt is listening. You promised my family power until a certain hour, and that hour has arrived, and we no longer have that power. And I think, uh, at this point... One of those massive hands lifts from uh, this huge, huge throne and just waves sort of through the air. And as it does, um, you are blown back a few feet. And in front of you, in a burst of flame, uh, there is a figure, probably eight and a half, almost nine feet tall. Much like this uh, being on the throne, gold everything, but this appears to be more clothing and uh, adornment than actual being made of gold. And they have this uh, large crest around their head in the shape of flower petals. Kind of look around absently and then back over their shoulder, kneel towards the giant made of gold, and then looks back to you. Ah, Balthazar, you brought your progeny. And then looks over to you. I am Petalus, herald of the Percunius, the Parsimonious, the Profuse Prospero, Gaunt, and I have been summoned to audience to speak for my master. So speak. I already have. Allow me to elucidate. You claim that you had a contract with Overlord Gaunt that has been breached. That is correct. And what redress do you seek? I seek either the power that I am owed, or the contract is null and void and he has no right to be here. Oh, an interesting, an interesting argument. And, uh, Patalus motions towards you. But I see you are bonded with a demon, though. By my own design. And quite ingenuitive of you. Thank you, but I don't need compliments here. I see. You, you, you wish us to give you your old contract back. Is that what I understand? You wish to re-enter Overlord Gaunt's service? Well, this can be arranged. Let's cut for just a sec. I assume you have something up your sleeve, so... I gotta think about that for a while. So yeah, go ahead. <laughs> he keep, does not. Keep going. <laughs> okay. All right. So so let's get back to street level with Darren and Jackie. 
Debbie is stable, and Jackie has vocality again, and a hush has sort of fallen over the city, but outside you begin to hear little pops and little bursts uh, that sound like um, gas lighters coming on. Uh, and you can see, Darren, you recognize these fiery, fiery demons. And actually, Jackie, you do too, because you saw at least one of them uh, up in the Infernus Tower. But lots of them are starting to pop into the streets. Okay. So what do the two of you do? I'm going to kind of look to Darren. What's the call here? Um, I think I'm going I'm going to be trying to contact William, because this is his wheelhouse. And yeah. I think I'd be trying to like get a hold of him. And, and with Piero, I think we'd be doing the group chat. Of, like, what happened? Where are you guys? Um, are you still at the tower? Uh, demons are popping up everywhere. Reconvene. Can we reconvene? And, like, reaching out and trying to make contact. Normally that wouldn't be an issue at this point. They are slightly uh, off-grid. But you can still give it a shot. So I think I want to try that as an unleash your powers. Okay. Ah, oh, well, that's a four. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and Unleash Your Powers is Savior, correct? Uh, Freak. Oh! Oh! That's, uh, plus two. So that is still a failure. That is a four. <laughs> that is a six. That is a six. That is a six. That is a six. Okay. Unless someone wants to help me out. Now, There's at, no way I can. Yeah, unfortunately, we, we only yeah, had the one true. team, so, uh... Yep, that totally makes sense. Yeah, it was a failure. Well, on the upside, you do mark your potential. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the way that plays out is that you're trying to pull them up, uh, probably on your Phoenix Watch... And it just uh, has a little marker next to Piro and William that says out of area. And uh, this should be able to pinpoint them anywhere on Earth. Oh, so they are not on Earth is what I'm left to assume. That would be the intuition, yes. Can I, like, fiddle with the watch and see if I can get a signal? Yeah, absolutely can. We, we, can, we can again roll that as an Unleash Your Powers if you want. Yeah, technopathy is in my power set. Yeah, go for it. All right, so I rolled a seven plus my freak, which is two. Okay. So I rolled a nine. So, so yeah, uh, you, you f- betwixt the two of you, you pull that up. And as Darren is about to be like, oh, no, they're not on Earth. Uh, and Jackie steps in to, to adjust this. You basically override uh, the, the roaming charges. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I like that. Now, you are going to have to mark a condition, or this will be untable, unstable or temporary. I, I think unstable or temporary makes the most sense. So I think the way this is going to work then... Yeah, you managed to, to, to get into that group text. Give me a short message that you're going to send. Let's see. I, I think the best short message is, um, demon emoji everywhere, what do? <laughs> <laughs> From there, we panel to Piro, who is... On the upside, you popped in behind a pillar... And you can see kind of off to the side this whole situation that's going on with William and Balthazar and these just absolutely massive demons. And your watch starts vibrating. Oh no. And you get that demon emoji everywhere, what do? You're only going to get one response, so make it count. Oh, uh, smack him. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the response that you get. Alrighty, I'm just, I'm gonna look at Darren and just sort of like, meh? This is unusually unhelpful. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say, um, I'm going to utilize ancient human wisdom from the film The Exorcist. I believe 
that we should grab water that is holy and throw it on them. Now, where I come from, we don't hold with that sort of spiritual (laughs) mumbo-jumbo. Partner. (laughs) Texan Jackie's great. But I reckon it's time to lay smack down on these here varmints. At this point, Jackie's gonna get frustrated, grab a screwdriver, and just twist it into the thing until it goes back to her normal voice. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay. I think it cycles through, like, a Boston accent, uh, and then probably, like, a Cockney accent, and then it finally gets back to regular, like, Jackie. Yeah, whenever Jackie's gonna be feeling high emotions, it's definitely gonna switch into an accent. Yes. That's good. So, if I understand correctly, the two of you are taking the fight to the streets. Yeah. Okay, we'll get to that in just a moment. But I do want to think about where you're actively going. Because Apex U uh, is here, there are plenty of demons, so you could just have this fight at the university. Uh, But if you have a secondary goal in mind, that would be an idea to think about. Is there a campus chapel? You know, this is a major city. You would think there would have to be one somewhere, probably not on campus itself. I'm sure you could find a religious establishment of some sort. However, uh, Jackie's first first option is she wants to try and reconnect with Tardigrade. Because if there's demons all over the city, what we need is someone who can reconnect with Axioms. That is a fucking brilliant plan. I don't. That is Jackie's. There thought. are so many ways that can go wrong, and I love it. That's I good. Every that... single one of the ways it can go wrong. That is exceptional, and I'm so proud of you right now. I love it. Let's do it. Okay. Jackie's plans are almost as reckless as mine. You don't have a plan. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> so speaking of people who don't have plans, let's let's get to Piro for a sec. Oh, hello. So so you just sent that message to smack him. At which point your watch uh, frazzles and just sort of dies. And you see this big, like, eight to nine foot tall demon flower creature in front of William and Balthazar kind of, like, tilt their head in your direction and then shake their head uh, and look back to to William and Balthazar. But Piro, what are you doing? Well, I'm really mad because I really wanted to shove it in William's face. And I can't do that because there's scary demon guys and i'm not gonna just start I'm talking screaming. to a literal god right now maybe not the <laughs> kind of animal, at least a literal god yeah. so i'm pretty i'm pretty pleased that this this demon has decided what a god whatever this guy has decided i'm not really worth his time uh i think i'm just gonna assess ruby and see how she's doing uh you know broken ribs anything like that perhaps ruby is actually starting to come back to consciousness she looks very, very confused. Uh, and there, there's kind of this look that crosses her face that you haven't seen in a pretty long time. Because every time you've gotten with Ruby up to this point, she's been heavily under the influence of all these masks she's been collecting. And she actually looks like she just straight up recognizes you. <gasps> she's, she's not moving. She's obviously pretty exhausted physically, whether or not she's actually injured. Um, she's been pushed very very hard right so what do you do uh so can i still access my uh sanctuary that is an excellent question what are you trying to do with it well it is healing equipment so i would like to heal my 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 buddy here nice Uh, we're sharing a moment here okay 
when you call upon the resources of your sanctuary to solve a problem, you're trying to heal Ruby, and I will give you one to four conditions. That's a large variance. Well, there's a there's a bunch of stuff for him to choose from, too. Yeah. I think, I think I'm going to add three onto this. Okay. So I think you are going to have to mark your doom track. Deal. I think that the best you're going to be able to do is a lesser version, uh, unreliable limited. So I don't think you're going to get Ruby back up to full strength. I think you'll be able to at least get her mobile. And I think uh, the third one is that if you do this, it is definitely going to draw attention uh, from these demons. So you will risk danger uh, of discovery. All right. I mean, I guess that's I guess that's fair. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna do this anyway. I'm gonna okay. heal my buddy because she needs it. And I think the way we that 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 um shows up on the page. Uh, well, I tell you what. You tell me. What does that look like? Oh, okay. Um. So, uh, do you know what Saint Elmo's fire is? Yeah. Yeah. So really, like a lot of like plasma-y kind of purpley like lightning stuff that's kind of like forming around like I don't know like. The tips of her uh, her hair, like, she's emo, so she's probably wearing some spiked jewelry, so, like, the tips of the spiked jewelry, and just kind of, like, all over her in, like, little short bursts of, like, a second or two, so it's, like, flashing all around. As you do that, she kind of, like, groans and, like, holds her head and starts to push herself back up to her feet, and William, where, where Patalus was about to, like, reach towards you, uh, after they said that, you know, like, oh, yeah, we can get you back into Gaunt's service, that's fine, we'll definitely do that, they stop and they look off to the side, and you can hear this, like, crackling and see this kind of, like, purple flash. I'm sorry, did you bring company? Brought my grandpa, does that count? No, so this one's not with you, then. I have no idea. Is that, is, is there anyone with, who, who, who's over there? Excuse me just a moment. And Patalus walks past you. Oh, I'm gonna follow. Piro, as you are finishing healing Ruby, you feel this massive claw grab the back of your, uh, like, probably, like, the back of your collar and just haul you six feet up in the air. And you find your face uh, staring into the face. They don't have a nose, per se, just two little slits, uh, wide golden eyes, and skin that looks like, you know, like, a really close-up of, like, a sunflower? Where it's, like, all tiny little seeds sort of, like, meshed together. Yeah. Kind of like that. Ugh. Yeah. It's only, it only becomes apparent very, very close up because they're so small that they mesh together very, very well. And they, and they stare at you. I'm sorry. You were not invited. Who got there? No one of note. Hold on there. Let me see. Uh, I think, I think, William, I'm going to need you to provoke someone susceptible yes, to your risk. Because good. Patalis does at least... Respect your hustle. <laughs> so, <laughs> if only I had superior. I'm genuinely surprised you don't. That's because all of you keep knocking me down and <laughs> upping my mundane. Oh, Every here time. Comes, here it comes again. <laughs> oh yes, blame us for being a butthole. I'm sorry. I'm just telling you. Mine, oh. it was totally fine. Every single interaction I've had with an NPC or a PC where you guys have gotten to uh, adjust my stats. You have knocked down my superior. Typical Infernus, blaming others for your own. <laughs> I got a seven. Yeah, okay, right. that's fine. On a seven to nine, they can instead choose one. Okay. Yeah, no, I think I think they're just going to overreact and you're going to gain influence over Patalus. This look crosses their face, like just extreme annoyance and consternation. And I think they sort of like fling Pyro across uh, the floor towards you. So your friend uh, slides across this golden floor to your feet in kind of a heap. How's it going there, Piero? 
The air there is that they are now ignoring Ruby. Some form of clown, I believe. I believe it's a mime, actually. I understand the diff- the, the confusion, though. They, they look very similar. Uh, and Patalus looks over at uh, Balthazar, who just sort of shrugs. And uh, I think Balthazar looks down at Pyrrho and gives a off uh, an offside wink. Aww. I'm just so happy. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the time to be happy, Pyrrho. <laughs> now, I believe we had business to complete. You wished to re-enter Overlord Gaunt's service? I wish to reinstate uh, the previous contract, but in order to do that, the... Uh, other contract and all elements of it need to be wiped away. You breached your end of it. Oh, you mean the contract that uh, was amended in favor of young Miss Diabolus? The one that was stolen. Yes, that has concluded. She is gone. Oh. Uh, And I think Patalus walks across the room, uh, humming slightly to themselves, and plucks a coin off the leg of Gaunt and tosses it towards you. Uh, and you can see uh, embossed on it the face of Debbie Diabolus. Dang. Yes, the contract was concluded. Young Miss Diabolus's life force added to that of my overlord. Glory to his name. Yeah, glory to his name. About your re-entrance to Overlord Gaunt's service. And Patalus begins walking towards you. I'm going to need to see the fine print on this contract before we move forward. Uh, what are you attempting to do here? I'm attempting two things okay uh one i'm stalling for time not Fair. just to actually come up with a plan but literally like i want to stall this entire situation even if it's only by a couple hours okay actually it's really the main point uh and i it's whatever i have to do to do that is fine including re-entering or actually signing this contract but my my main goal here is to get more time do you still have your void chime don't tell jeremy that (laughs) you no i'm aware i know (laughs) i i don't just have a void chime i have several void chimes yeah you've got to remember yeah i I think we established you have integral part of this entire plan (laughs) you at least have access at least three of them correct which is a lot it's a lot so, okay, so so you're trying to stall for time. All right, and I think the way we're going to, to do that, yeah, I feel like this is just another provoke. You're trying to get uh, Patalus to waste time here. And on the upside, you now have influence over Patalus, uh, so that's Sweet. plus one. Sweet, cool, I need all the pluses I can get on this roll. It is an, I rolled a seven, so it's an eight. Uh, so on a seven to nine, they can instead choose one. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think... They're going to stumble, and you'll take plus one forward against them. Uh, so, so the stumble here is that Patalus looks at Balthazar and just sort of like lays into him. You are supposed to prepare your progeny for service to my overlord Gaunt, our overlord Gaunt, and your progeny is not even aware of the terms of the contract. And I think Patalus instead grabs Balthazar, and you can see that gold that is on Patalus's fingertips start to encase uh, your pop pop, and within a few minutes. Balthazar is just a motionless golden statue. Okay, uh, while that is happening, and while Patalus is very distracted, I'm going to kind of step between Patalus and Pyro, and I- I- I'm still inhabiting a demon, correct? Oh yeah. So I mean, I'm to be fair, it's part of, of you now. So yeah, 
exactly. So I, I'm just kind of kind of like reach into my pocket and out behind me, basically drop a uh, void chime towards Pyro. Oh, wow. I want to cut from there because it's been a minute since we checked in on Darren and Jackie. And I want to hit the ground running because I like this idea that you're going to try and uh, restart the Axiom network, essentially. There are two two ways you could do this. And we could shift over to Tardigrade for a sec if you want to. There is the Axiom 3 that you had left under that bridge, or there is at least one Axiom 4 at Kopi, because you, you would know about that since you were there. Which of those directions are you heading? Well, the, the Axiom 3 was at least partially incorporated into Tardigrade. Yes. So my thought was to go, but I mean, also the Axiom 4 programming is also partially incorporated into Tardigrade. I was going to go try and find them because they have ties to both Axioms. Okay. Have you told Darren about Tardigrade? No, I was planning on doing that on the way over. Also, I just got the ability for human speech back. When was I going to tell them? I just didn't know if we came in like partway through this conversation since the readers already. Yeah, because the readers know this. Wonderful. Yes, I I, fill me in. Cut to me going, ah, yes. Okay, I understand. The AI enslavitude was unacceptable. Unacceptable. Terrible. And you performed uh, morale choices to the best of your abilities, and I support your decisions. And I support Tardigrade. Thank you for including me in your friendship and social circles. You are welcome. Now, before before we cut to Tardigrade, I want to I wanna ask a question. Are you trying to contact them? Yes. Is there any particular way you're trying to go about this? I'm trying to contact them through the Phoenix Watch. That's what I was that's what I was wondering. It's been a minute. Some things have been going on. I want to pick up on Tardigrade sort of at this point in time. I, I'm just gonna leave this up to you. Where did they go? So my thought is Tardigrade would probably have gone to the closest Axiom 4. Um, because Tardigrade is, is new and is still trying to figure things out. So they probably would have gone to the closest friendly signal. And since we are just now picking up on Tardigrade. First off, what do they look like? Tardigrade looks like a combination of Axiom and Jackie's cybernetics. We have a lot of the motifs of the Axiom suit, but essentially it looks like a big robotic bear, but they have three sets of legs. Nice. We pick up with them not too far away from that bridge, because I think there was an Axiom 4 coming to try and um, stop you. Right, yes. And it's just now shut off, you know what, in front of an Applebee's. Yes! <laughs> Everything stops by the Applebee's. Tara. It all circles back around to Applebee's. Yeah, bowel movements. Some it all stops in at every Applebee's. character in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> Applebee's. We will be there at the heat death of the universe. <laughs> so, exactly. And as they are kind of puzzling over this Axiom 4 tardigrade, you get this like signal that merges with your technology because part of Phoenix Watch was just absorbed into the form of tardigrade. So, so you get that signal and this is, I hope the only time I'm going to have you do this. I, I'm going to need you to talk to yourself. <laughs> oh geez, what do you say to yourself in this situation? I think we're both aware of each other's existence. So I'm just going to sort of reach out to say, you know, this is, this is Jackie. This is the Baroness. I am, <laughs> I, I want to talk. And, you know, this message is going to be conveyed more in sort of like, not quite emotions, but whatever the, the machine equivalent of that is, sort of through the Phoenix network. 
and tardigrade is you know they're going to sort of project back that they're they're cautious but they're they're open and they're going to project a signal they're going to give their location so i think the group of you convene and it's it's the three of you plus a deactivated axiom four which still feels a little bit ominous in light of what has happened today but what are you doing i think the first thing that we're going to do we being jackie and Darren, are going to fill Tardigrade in on everything that's happened since we split. Yes. One one recap later. Yes. I imagine that's all part of the, the scene of them getting there. So, did I say, so the city is in trouble, and I think the only way to fight a city full of demons is with a city full of axioms. I, I'm hoping that I can convince you to reactivate the network. Let's, before, before we finish this move, before we resolve this, because I, I know how I want to resolve this now. Darren... What's going through your head right now? Um, I'm trying to process this. Aren't we all? Aren't we all trying to process this? All right, so we know. I'm just trying to summarize what Darren and Baroness know. That we were able to make contact with Piro. And Piro gave us maybe, like, I would describe the IKEA assembly instructions. <laughs> Of addressing a demonic invasion. Uh, yes, yes. Pyrrha's Pira, communique was smack em. Slap em. Um, slap em. We have not heard at all from William. And this is definitely, definitely has Infernus painted all over it. And I think that would be my priority is we need to, we need an Infernus. We need someone who understands what's happening. And I support us getting Tardigrade on board, but I vote we try and make contact with the only other Infernus that we know as an ally. And I think okay. we need to get a hold of William's brother. Ooh. Oh. I like that. Interesting. I like I that. I thought you were going with Daddy Infernus. No, he's unconscious. His brother still is is awake and alive and to and to and to our knowledge owes us a favor. So That's fair. We also have just seen you bring someone back from what was essentially the dead. Yeah. Yes. So that's where I, don't I thought think, you were going with that. With I don't think Frederick is beyond redemption at this point. <laughs> Maybe beyond redemption, but not well, beyond no, saving. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely going to go. I would like to do a very hard pass on Frederick. And that's Barnes. fair. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, I would say, yeah, I would say we need to get a hold of the only other Infernus that we know is an ally and willing to help us and has had arguably, no offense to William, arguably a more detailed upbringing with the Infernus contract and what it entails and the family's business. So that, that is what I would like to do next. If we, we have Tardigrade, if we have Tardigrade getting an Axiom online to just to buy us time to get as an Infernus and find out what happened to William and get him back, because I'm feeling a bit better now that Debbie's heart rate is back up mm-hmm. and going, um, and I contacted dr bahat before we left to like if anything in her condition changes you immediately contact me and i i said that very politely because he's a medical <laughs> professional <laughs> i'm just a nice guy <laughs> I, I he is a very nice gentleman and he's been through so much already and partly mm-hmm. it's our fault so i would definitely yeah. be very please doctor I would appreciate a notification. Bahad is giving you regular updates. Uh, Debbie is stable. Exactly. That is my plan of action, please. So I like this. So so the plan is get an army of axioms, get Eric and Furnace. Get Eric and Furnace. Yes. Yeah. Okay. With that, I am going to have Tardigrade make a roll. Okay. Under an adult move called Wield Your Powers. So that is plus Freak. 
<laughs> what, what you got? So Tardigrade has zero freak and Tardigrade okay. rolled a five. Uh, so here's what happens. Tardigrade is like, yeah, let's let's get the, the network back up. Let's engage the Axiom 4 network. And they connect with it, and you see this Axiom reboot, and it immediately lashes out at probably Tardigrade, if we're being honest. Lashes out, grabs Tardigrade, and just takes off straight up at, like, Mach 4. <laughs> You're not really sure what's going to happen to that. Check in uh, with the unbreakable Tardigrade, but uh, for now... You do hear, we do get panels all around the city uh, of the broken remains or just the deactivated remains of Axioms beginning to come back online. And I guess we'll have to see how that resolves next issue. A New Generation is written for Magpie Games by Brendan Conway. It is made of otherworldly heralds, impossible demonic domains, and really excellent decisions re-former enemies. You should maybe go pick up a copy before the world for realsies ends. Jackie Bear is played by Christina. Piero is played by Lenny. William and Furnace is played by Jordan. Darren is played by Nan. Find her on Instagram at nanjitsu. Apex City is GM'd by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Fitzsimmons. Find them on Instagram at Fitzonomy. Find us wherever fine podcasts are sold, and if you fancy leaving us a five-star rating on your podcatcher of choice, we'd greatly appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at ApexCityCast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next issue.